I am ready. Yes, I know. I know you're ready. You're ever ready. You got a hot mic. A hot mic over here. <laughs> that was that was fun. There was a, I mean, theoretically, it was about how you were a hot mic, but you managed to say that you were a hot mic in a way that implied that you were cold. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hot mic over here. Hot mic. It's, you know what I mean? Yeah. Are we recording? Yeah. We're recording now? Yes. Oh, all right. Good job. I could stop recording. No, we should keep recording. Might as well. Just let it breathe. You were saying that Pillars of Eternity looks bad. It does look bad. But you don't even see things like graphics, I thought. Well, listen, there's, there's another way to think of it. Like, try to imagine how perfunctory it needs to be before, <laughs> right? Before you, it, it actually reaches the level where you notice it. Yeah, exactly. But the weird thing is that it, it looks, it appears to look like that on purpose. Like, oh, it, yeah. it actually seems like, like the specific way that it is bad. They're mimicking that, that old I mean, style. I think so. I think that those sort of like grainy, like the gritty surfaces and things like that. I mean, I think that's legit. I think that they want it to look that way. Yeah, what's, what's interesting though is I don't think of that as, as a, a style. Like I don't think that the graphics looked that way because that was the style. I think they looked that way because of technical limitations. You know? Oh, like, absolutely. Well, no, it's, it's, like, it's, it's like any other, you know, it's like the retro visual aesthetic. Right. That has been, you know, has just been popping off, you know, that's all over the place. Yeah, but generally when people come at that retro sort of pixel look, they they use it as inspiration. Like when you look at something like Crawl, right? Or Yes. Uh, well, listen, now Crawl, Crawl is a very specific execution of what we're talking about. Or that time, was it Time Force, Super Time Force or yeah. A lot of these pixel games look interesting still. Like, they, they use pixels. Oh, yeah, Sword and Sorcery would be a good example. Yeah. Right? No, no, I, I, I'm, that's definitely true. That's definitely true, but, but pixels, like a 320 by 200 resolution. Yeah. <laughs> right? Um, that's a, that's a, an artifact. Yeah. Right? But they're handling it. Now, there's, there's, also, some, there's also some teams slash crews you know, for whom that, that art style lets them finish the game. Sure. You know, like that level, you know, that level of, of execution is, is on point for that team, right? Yeah. But obviously, yeah, there's some standout examples. I mean, this, this, appears, to, this appears to look the way, I, I think that it's intended to be a, an act of devotion and worship to a, in, in, I was going to say, I mean, to a specific era, but it's actually to a specific game, right? Mm -hmm. Baldur's Gate, and then you would say the sort of like that Black Isle RPG thing. Yeah. The, uh, the essentially, I think they called that the Infinity Engine back then, mm. right? That piece, of, that piece of tech. Yeah. That's what they're trying to evoke. And then, you know, if you evoke a specific era like that, you're evoking every person's memory of that too. Of being, you know, of be of the things that they did when they were that age. Like, I guarantee, when you make a game like this, people are thinking. Some people are thinking about coming home, you know, from junior high. Yeah, it's got a nostalgia factor. And right? playing that, right? Exactly, exactly. And, and what I'm doing, you know, what I'm doing in there so far is definitely, it's definitely tripping the, it's definitely tripping the nostalgia thing. But I think it's also executed really, really well. Mm. 
there's a lot of things, you know, at the table. If you're thinking about a tabletop RPG system, right? Yeah. There's a lot of things at the table that you don't necessarily want to adjudicate. So you have regular hits, you have misses, regular hits, and crits mm-hmm. when you're talking about Dungeons and Dragons. D&D and yeah. a lot of tabletop systems, really. Sure. But this adds a grazing hit, which is it's another level of contact with foes. And its inclusion definitely increases my satisfaction in the system. How come? Uh, because it's not so granular. It isn't like, you know, a super old, like Avalon Hill war game that is mostly about getting resources to troops. Yeah. Right? It is another level of simulation that increases the accuracy of that simulation um, at the levels that I am interested in and not the super, not, not, not the hyper simulationist stuff uh, that a Fey might enjoy. Is it just a dice range? Like if you roll poorly, but exactly. not so it, poorly that you Exactly. Miss. And it appears to be based on like a D100 type system. Mm. And I have positive associations with D100s, but. Who doesn't? Right. Listen. You know, every motherfucker craves up because they because they like to roll them and then they like to wait the ten minutes it takes for them to finally settle on a side. Yeah, I had I had the D one hundred for the longest time. I had the D one hundred that we used um, when we were playing the junior high campaigns. Uh-huh. But then rats, like when I had the rats come into the house, they took it for their game. Well, yeah, but their game mostly involved just chewing on it. Oh, and then it's like even even as a. Even as a memento, I couldn't keep it anymore when I saw the deep grooves dug into it by rat teeth. Mm. Um, but no, that, that just that one extra level because I can, there's things that I can do to get out of that space, to get out of that grazing space. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's improvements, you know, there's special weapons that just automatically upgrade, you know, upgrade grazes to hits or... It's just another. It's just another band of this simulation that I super enjoy. But it has it has some super cool classes. Thus far, I'm enjoying. They they started, they, they went over a couple things at the beginning story wise too fast, like so fast. If you go so fast in relating, you know, ultra key things about your game world. Yeah. So fast that Mike Failauer does not perceive them. Oh yeah. Someone has fucked up. Someone has fucked up. That's true. Right? Now, I caught this, and I was happy to help him understand this specific phraseology. It's all a dream, basically. Yeah. it's Well, it's actually a, it's a dream within a dream. It's a waking dream. Yeah, which means it's, which means <laughs> it's conscious. Yeah. Um, but... It's a simulated waking dream. Yeah. But it's a simulation of real life occurring inside of a dream computer. Oh, wow. So, um, but no, I'm, I'm super, super pleased with it. And then when you went on, when you went on your trip, it sort of paused Bloodborne for me, but I could, I could get back in there at any time. But I talked a little bit in the post about how for games like that, games that, you know, we could be playing here Mm -hmm. if we wanted to. And I think we would derive a lot of enjoyment from it where we sort of like play it together yeah, and then if you run into a boss, it's the sort of thing you can pass the controller back and forth. But I always feel, especially on a game of that level of complexity, I always feel like I'm duplicating effort if we both play the same game. Really? 
Yeah, absolutely. I feel huh. like I feel like we need to have maximum surface area uh, because there's only two of us. I mean, we don't we don't have like ten people writing about games here. <laughs> yeah, you know, it affects our utility if we both play the same game. But by the same token, I really like it. <laughs> Super good. I really like it, and I like and I, I like having I like having parallel experiences. You know, I don't feel like that if we're playing Mass Effect, you know, where it has like a discrete story that goes well, like, through. Well, our Mass Effect games were very different. Absolutely. But I mean, I don't, I don't, for whatever reason, that sense of effort duplication doesn't come into that because we're not truly duplicating any kind of effort. Because the experiences are so different, we're, you know, in that case, we're actually experiencing a greater percentage of that content. Because I mean, you, and I, you and I are not the same for my part, People. I, I would not want to play Bloodborne as a controller passing game because I I need that feeling in Bloodborne that I accomplished it. Oh, I would I would feel I would feel okay with it. I would feel okay with it. But now, but hearing you say that, and then thinking about how I you know how I felt after I completed some of those specific things, right? But uh, there's a lot of fear in the game. Yeah, and I and that that sensation. I think would be largely maintained. There's this dude in the cathedral ward that I just straight up avoid. I just run right past him. I, I go uh, to the, the big white guy. I go to the next place. Well, which one are you thinking of? The big white guy with the lantern who goes. Doo, doo, They're doo. weird. Yeah. No, no, it's the guy up on the steps by the gate who has the scythe. The really tall, weird-looking one. And then there's another. There's another dude who apparently just has a giant wrecking ball. Oh, that guy's tough. Yeah. He has some weird attacks. He's oh. not he's not so hard that you can't beat him, but well yeah, he's, he's so big. And yeah. I imagine there's gotta be there's gotta be some time after some of those. Right? I mean after some of those big swings with that fucker. Oh yeah, he's slow. Especially when he does the one where he ex extends it all the way out, like he slams it straight down in front of him. You can run in and just beat the shit out of him. Nice. But yeah, no, I just it feels good. It feels good to I have the the correct level of obsession that I like where and the, and the game is is giving back to me. I feel like I'm actually being paid for this yeah. level of enthusiasm. Do you have any hilarious comic strips that you want to make? Not yet, but let's take a look. Let's go over to the strip page. Let's investigate it. There's gonna be there's gonna be a darkest dungeon strip at some point. You think so? Yeah, yeah. Uh, just just in I mean, if for nothing else. Just because, like, it's a like pork, like makes fun of me about it all the time, mm. and it's like I, I have friends that love it and totally feel the way that I do about it, and I have friends that for whom it is just complete nonsense. Yeah. So how how would you like um, Dark Souls? Dark Souls two two is the one I grabbed. Yeah. I liked it. It's cool, right? Yeah, it is cool. I mean, it's interesting to go back and see. They're know, thinking sort of one step back mm -hmm. where they were. I definitely feel like Bloodborne is a better game. Oh, I, I think that, I mean, it's never, it's not going to be mainstream. Yeah. But I think that there is definitely, I think that Bloodborne is definitely broader than those games. Yeah. What did you think of the humanity system? What is that? Where basically, you know, unlike Bloodborne, like you, you die, you go to the hunter's dream, you come back in this you know, you have, you are, you know, you're alive and then you can keep playing. You, you, you die and then you are essentially like undead. Is that what happened? Yeah. 
I didn't realize that. My guy yeah. just changed. Yeah, and he looked weird? Yeah, he looked all weird. Yeah, it's because you're dead now. Oh. So you can restore your humanity in the game, but it's, you know, you, there's a there's a, an important relationship between those two states that's mechanical and story, which is what Bloodborne does so well, right? Yeah. The mechanics and like the mechanics and the story are not they're not different. I felt like the level design is better in Bloodborne. What's well, much more focused? It's for, more focused. Yeah, I really felt like in Dark Souls Two, it was just wide open, and I, I did, I wasn't exactly sure where to go next. Uh, yeah, and I, I think that that happens for a lot of people. So Bloodborne is definitely the Bloodborne is conceptually definitely the result of some thinking about that, right? Yeah. Um, but Dark Souls is sort of like you have to think of it like Kingsfield. Uh huh. There's basically an open world um, adventure. Now, open, of course, has different definitions is going to be places you don't want to go sure <laughs> right but you could you you could it might not be a great idea yeah <laughs> maybe that you know, maybe you don't want to go to that graveyard right now yeah maybe you want to stay away from that graveyard but but the dread is definitely there right oh yeah yeah and I, I, that dread is sort of informed by that their specific architecture and there's a lot there's a lot more people to talk to also mm. i don't know i just i i, I think it's I'm just so pleased. I'm I'm so pleased that I feel like you you joined a club that I am already in, and I just like saw you. Yeah. There, it's like cool. You know what I mean? I I think so. Star Wars Battlefront next week. If you live in San Francisco, well, oh, you saw this story? Yeah. It's not helpful to me. No. God, it could work though. When you remember when we were playing the old ones, and there'd be like that aircraft carrier. Uh -huh. It was like really slow, but like technically speaking, you could control. You could, yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, there's. I wanna, I wanna see that. I mean, I want that. I want that ad at to be the right size. Yeah, and I want there to be people in it. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, I'm sure it'll be just like any other battlefield game, right? You just slot yourself into one of the crew compartments of the ad at. Oh, that's gonna be something. I, I don't know. I I feel like, and then that tech, I feel like, is what was needed. Yeah, they need to have like the the world environment has to be fucking nuts and it has to be destructible because if you're walking around in something like that you want to crush stuff you, you'd yeah you have to be able to crush stuff yeah is there such a thing as a destiny idler oh yeah absolutely what does that mean uh so if a if a bounty is to um complete a strike without dying They'll just join a strike and then not oh. leave the starting place. Oh, see, th this was happening a long time ago. Yeah, it kept happening. Huh. So they'll just sit there while the other people, you know, finish the strike for them. Assuming the other people aren't idlers, too. Does this, ha <laughs> Does this happen? I mean, I've, I've been in games where two of the people were idlers, <laughs> yeah. God, that is so funny. I had to do the strike by myself. I imagine there must be games where all three of them just sit there. And idle? And idle. Together? Yeah. That's really funny. Sort of like a standoff. Yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's like no, it's like a reverse Mexican standoff. Yeah. Because no one has any, no one will use any guns. Right. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I'm not gonna do anything. Well, I'm not gonna do anything either. <sighs> yeah, I don't. I don't think we. I don't think we survived that plane crash. <laughs> Is Mexican standoff racist? I don't think so. We ask Kiko. Well, let's find out what the origin is. I guess that would be racist. Yeah, now you're moving into the now you're moving into that realm because that might be a funny comic. What happens if three idlers go into the same game? It's like a reverse Mexican standoff. <laughs> I'm not gonna do anything. Oh, I'm not oh, gonna do anything either. I'm gonna do. 
I'm, I'm not going to do, less do anything than you guys. more. Oh, yeah? Well, I'm going to do something. <laughs> Here. So a Mexican standoff is a confrontation between two or more parties. This is Wikipedia, so okay. to what extent that matters. Um, in which none of the parties can either proceed nor retreat without exposing themselves to danger. As a result, all participants need to maintain the strategic tension, which remains unresolved until some outside event makes it possible to resolve it. Mexican standoffs need not only have two participants. Some elements of a truel, a confrontation among three opponents armed with guns, never heard that word. It's like a, a duel, but a truel? A truel. No. <laughs> Uh, hold on. Uh, show both the Mexican standoff property and a method of resolving it by the actions of a third party. Tactics for such a, a confrontation are substantially different for those of a duel, where the first to shoot has the advantage. In the confrontation among three mutually hostile participants, the first to shoot is at a tactical disadvantage. If opponent A shoots opponent B, then while so occupied, opponent C can shoot A, thus winning the conflict. <laughs> Makes sense, I guess. Well, yeah, of course it does. <laughs> that was what it would work. Ah, the earliest print site. This is what I wanted to know. The earliest print site to the phrase was the 19th of March, 1876, in a short story about Mexico, an American being held up by a Mexican bandit and the outcome. Go, said he sternly then. We will call it a standoff, a Mexican standoff. You lose your money, but you save your life. <laughs> so what do we think? Racist or not racist? I don't think so. I don't think, I don't think it's Guess you could call it like a Hispanic or a Latino standoff. That sounds more racist. Yeah, I mean, I, you're actually creeping <laughs> farther into the hole. You've hired a an excavator. Yeah. A, yeah. See, a truel is a neologism for a duel among three opponents. How neo is it? I think it's as neo as can possibly be. <laughs> I've never fucking heard of it. Yeah, I think it's such a. I think it's this logism is so neo. <laughs> That <laughs> other logisms look at it and be like, and they're like, "Hey, who the fuck is that guy?" Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, he's Neo. Yeah, he, he's Neo. <laughs> mm. Yeah, man, that fucking logism. You know what I mean? Yeah, they need a paleogism <laughs> to explain these things. I don't trust these neo logisms. No. Um, yeah, I, I feel like I feel like the triple idler thing is working. <laughs> what would happen in that case? Right? Yeah, exactly. Like, what's the situation? Oh, I'm not gonna go. Who's gonna go? I'm not doing it. I'm going to go. But it's like how it works. Like somebody would like take a few steps out. So like maybe somebody would come and they just pull back. It's good. Reverse Mexican standoff where they're all threatening inaction. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's what it is, right? Yeah. Is there another standoff? Is there another type of standoff? I know there's face off. Yeah, with well, John Travolta. I'm not listen. I'm not saying Cage. that there isn't. There aren't other types of offs. Oh, <laughs> obviously, I know that's true. But I'm saying that if all parties are threatening inaction, is it another type of standoff? Oh, it could be Swedish. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say it's got to be a Nordic, <laughs> a Nordic standoff. Okay, so if you're trying to do a strike in Destiny, and then but all three of them. It'd be like, have you ever had somebody? Have you ever had this problem with idlers in Destiny? Oh, yeah, yeah. Because it'll be like, it'll be actually like our actual conversation. Yeah, sometimes one or even two of them will be idlers, and I'll have to do the strike by myself. What happens if three idlers end up in the same? Yeah, strike? exactly. So he's presenting you. Yeah, he's with this thought experiment. What happens right. if all three of them are idlers? 
If all three participants are idlers. It must happen. Yeah. It's like a reverse Mexican standoff where they're all threatening inaction. You better do something because I'm not doing anything. I'm not doing anything. <laughs> you do it. I'm not doing it. Have you ever had this idler problem? Oh, sure. Sometimes one. Sometimes I've been in games with one or even two idlers. Sometimes I got to do the strike by myself. So this is this is not new. This is like a classic problem. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I saw this when you were really hooked on it back in the day. Yeah. Idler problem in a destiny strike. Would you say that strike is a proper noun? I think so. Because it's a thing. Like it's you're not talking about like. Yeah, it's like you want a proper noun on the streets. You know what I mean? <laughs> And, and what kind of noun in the sheets? Some other kind of noun. Oh. You want a different noun. <clears throat> I think you would want the proper noun in, in the streets. No, yeah, yeah, that's exactly where you want the proper noun. Yeah, you don't want the you... proper noun in the sheets. No. That's the worst place for a proper noun. I thought you knew. About nouns and sheets? <laughs> <laughs> About the specific intersections. <laughs> oh, what happens if all three participants are idlers? It's like a reverse mixing setup where all parties are threatening inaction. Better do something because I'm not doing something. I'm not doing something either. Well, I I didn't do anything first, so <laughs> <laughs> you better do something because I'm not doing nothing. I'm not doing nothing either. Listen, I wasn't doing anything first. <laughs> Listen up, you assholes. I <laughs> I wasn't doing anything first. Yeah, I mean that that is inert, like yeah. content wise. Yeah. <laughs> you assholes. I wasn't doing anything first. You better do something because I'm not doing anything. I'm not doing anything either. Oh, assholes, you better do something because I wasn't doing anything first. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I'm not, I'm, I'm not doing anything either. <laughs> you better do something because I'm not doing anything. <laughs> I'm not doing anything either. Listen up, you assholes. I wasn't doing anything first. <laughs> yeah. Yes, this, these people suck. <laughs> Trip done. Absolutely. Oh, when I cast the pot, it's like I cast the rod, giving it all like a motherfucker gas robot. I'm really cod. Today's fresh catch. I mean a podcast. Something about nets. Yes, it gets better when the sweater I'm fettered by my fish gear. Catch and release, get in that crease when my fish near. Talk about a plant best laid off that stray. And yes, I crave that tuna with his peck fins blade. But while I'm glistening from the whole sea, you better listen into DLC. I got that, I got that wild caught salmon. It's tender and it's moist. Downloadable content, a podcast of choice. Yeah.